Midnight, a horror anthology podcast. I am your host, Mr. Cleaver. That is my sobriquet, my nickname, my handle. And I'm sitting here with a, a good friend of mine for the past 20 years named James. Yeah, I don't have a handle. I'll just go with James for now. I'll think of a, I'll think of something in the near future. But for now, I'll just go with James. And it hasn't been 20 years. Like, I've only lived in Iowa for... See, 2003. This is 2022. Okay. Mm. A little we're in the ballpark. I rounded up. We're in the ballpark of two decades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that okay with you, sir? That, that's fine with me. That's Outstanding. <laughs> Moving on. So we were, before we before we hit record, or before we did the lead up, you and I were talking about tragically getting too high off Delta 9. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of like getting too drunk on Zima. <laughs> right. he doesn't have a drinking problem he's just gay (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's 2022 so let's you know there's nothing wrong with that good for him yeah 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 it's openly acceptable it's just like i feel when you get too high you're more severely persecuted or judged like oh you got too drunk it's blaming on the bougelet but you get too high it's just like dude can't hold his weed can't hold his smoke can't hold that delta nine I was just very cognizant. Oh, by the way, I don't know. Anybody in other states where you get actual weed, what we're talking about is a legal cannabinoid, which is not de- which is derived from the hemp plant, so it's technically legal. This is the best that us red state Midwesterners can do. Without the use of a card, for now. Yeah, for now. So, we'll limp along. And, and apparently it works. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it works too well, and you just you really don't know because there's certain brands that I bought that I can take a whole package, <laughs> just narf those things like, and and I'll be good. But there's certain brands where I take you know maybe one or two, and I've I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. I didn't know we're good. That's what I hate about edibles is like the difference between a great night and the worst night of your life is maybe. Half a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that tiptoe on you know when you're imbibing alcoholic drinks. Like you have that <laughs> frame where like you barely go over it, and it's just it turns into a fucking train wreck. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink, so this is all I get. It. I'm just saying. I'm trying to cover potheads and the the drinkers, you know, so they don't feel left out. No, yeah. that's that's solid call. That's a solid call, sir. This is a forum where we can both get together and, you know, mingle. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know why I keep laughing. I feel like Johnny Carson over here. <laughs> you, you're laughing because you ate an edible two hours ago, and you're probably peaking right about now. I know, and I think that I'm a one-and-a-half guy, not a two, but when I took two, oh boy. It was like, I don't know what my left arm is supposed to be doing, right? <laughs> I don't... I don't understand the point of my left arm. <laughs> I feel like it's conflicting with my left arm, and it's just my 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 life's a conflict right now, man. Yeah. I think I was just overly cognizant of the fact that if you have a heart attack, it starts in the left arm. <laughs> that's that's my whole. That's yep. That's the that's where I'm at too. Like I start feeling weird things in my left arm, and my my brain automatically goes, oh, dipshit, you're having a heart attack. <laughs> when you're not, but it just, yeah, that's where the train derails. Speaking of trains, we'll segue right into the night train to terror. Night train to terror. Well, first, any uh, can I ask you uh, another question real quick, sir? Yeah, yeah. Have you been watching anything interesting? I mean, like, you know, I've jumped on the Dahmer bandwagon, you know, a little behind, but Thoroughly enjoying the performances. It's creepy. It's haunting. It's good. Um, so th- yeah, thumbs up for Dahmer. Thumbs up for Dahmer. As far as cinema, 
like I, you know, I'm just kind of going over some old stuff that I've already watched a million other times. But you know, my my opinion is like cinema nowadays is fleeting. There's nothing original. There's nothing that really kind of grabs me and like I want to invest in and entertaining. Like I don't want to go into a movie like. I understand there's depressing parts, an element to a movie, but I don't want to go the whole ride through just being depressed. You know what I mean? No, I gotcha. I gotcha. Like, I like, I don't know, a well-balanced movie. But I digress. I haven't watched anything outside of Dharma, really. You know, it's me being me. It's sports season, so a lot of football, a lot of sports. You know what Dahmer's good for if you've just had a rough day and you want to put something on to laugh at? Say that again. Like, I'm trying to. You had a rough day. You put it on for something to laugh at. Yeah, like Cheers. So okay, wait a minute. Let's let's go back. You're saying Cheers and Dahmer on the same playing field, like the same. I no, think, I'm just kidding. Um, I think we may have to have a talk here, my friend. We'll have several, but what I it's just Dahmer's just bleak. It, it's like I said, it's it's creepy. I watched, I think, an episode the other night with my other half, completely high out of my mind. <laughs> so that added a new element to the whole thing. I couldn't imagine that. I don't know if it made it better or worse. I don't know. It already feels like a nightmare. Yeah, it feels like you're living vicariously through Dahmer and a nightmare that that he must have been experienced. I don't know. I can't side with a serial killer. No, no, no. I And I get why he's such a fascinating serial killer to study and such. Because, like, he did have remorse. But he's also a fucking asshole. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, if you've studied serial killers, which I know you have, considering, <laughs> considering who you are and who your other half is, you know, that's the thing is like they've studied the brain of, you know, serial killers and psychologists and trying to delve deeper into that. And like, for the most part, they're sociopaths, obviously. But then there's these little nuances of like remorse or guilt. But is it genuine or is it just, you know, like, how does their brain actually function? Like what, you know what I mean? No, I totally get it. I, I almost think it's usually down to a psychological level, except for the head trauma. And you know why they didn't study Dahmer's brains? Because of the head trauma? Yeah, I was going to say they couldn't get it uh, chipped off the wall. Yeah, he got killed in prison. Yeah, right? And so, see, here's the thing, too, is like, this is what a lot of people like, not a lot of people, but depending on your beliefs, people have a tough time with the fact that, okay, he's in prison, he became a born-again Christian, so is he absolved from the gruesome things that he did and when he's still getting to heaven. Nah. That's that's been a pretty heated debate. Who knows? I don't know. You know? The debate is did Jeffrey Dahmer get into heaven? Would he get into heaven? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do a big old thumbs down on that one, Chief. <laughs> I, I don't you know, that's just something I've read about. And it's like Bundy, you know, he wrote he uh came up with the rape prevention program for like the Seattle, Washington area, like that surrounding area. And like, he used to be one of the people like you'd call the suicide hotline. He'd be one of the people you talk to, to calm yourself down from killing yourself so that he can find you and kill you later. But <laughs> no, I don't think he did. That would be, that would have been weird if he had, but that'd be kind of funny if he like, you talked to him for a few hours, you like let all of your emotions out. And then you're like, dude, I just want to think what's your name. And he goes, my name's Ted Bundy. And you're like, I'm going to remember that, sir. And then like eight years later, you're watching the news. This is a guy that talked me off the ledge. Remember that nice young man? He's doing all sorts of murdering up there at that sorority. (laughs) He loved them girls to death. Oh, no, he did. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that's grim. I watched Barbarian. Mm. How was that? I liked it a good deal. Really? I was on the fence about it. I watched the trailer. I'm like, it could be. And I was like, eh, I backed out. Don't watch the trailer. I'll watch the movie. If you give it the green light, I got, I'm, you know, you never steered me wrong before. 
even when it's a shitty movie, you're like, look, before you go into this, don't think it's going to blow you away. It's not going to, it's not an Oscar nominated thing. It's a pile of flaming dog shit, but it's great. How did I preface Night Train to Terror to you? Um, so basically, it was the gist of what I got from you is it's really bad, but entertaining. <laughs> so how do you feel about it? I feel like <laughs> it was 1985 and a group of guys got around this table, coked out of their minds, wrote this screenplay, pitched it to the nearest poor, sad shit motherfucker that would buy it and be like, look, this is a good movie. Like, approved. Stamp that shit. Let's get rolling. Do you want to hear how this came into being? How the idea of this movie came into being? Yeah, of course. I want to know more about the history of the movie because it was, it was amazingly awesome and bad at the same time. It is batshit crazy. So what happened was they, uh, this I think this production company was sitting on these three movies that hadn't been released yet. And what they did was they cut these movies down to segment length and they turned the into an anthology okay does that make more sense yeah so- but when you cut an hour and a half down to 20 minutes there is some problems yeah the, these stories don't flow as much as it's just a random barrage of images and sounds. yeah that's pretty much what i took away from it because like you know i was maintaining like laundry and doing stuff like I had, you know, responsibilities in my adult life, adulting, whatever, whatever the kids call it nowadays. And I'd pause it. And I don't think it would have mattered if I had paused it because I wasn't gone from TV for that long. But I don't think it would have mattered because it was just, like you said, it was just a barrage of images, blood, gore, tits, along with some kind of half-assed backs, like storyline. I don't know. Well, yeah, the the wraparound's the one thing they shot, and it's basically two things. Number one, it is God and the Devil in one of the train cars, introducing each segment and talking about the story of blah, blah, blah. Will they get into heaven or such? Basically, they're fighting over the souls. And On the rest of the train car, though, is an 80s glam band singing the same song over and over and over again. Which... Like I said before the intro into this cast, I'm fairly certain Stevie Nicks was in that band. Dude, there's no fucking way she was. Even if she isn't, I'm saying she was. You're full of shit. Bull from Night Court is in this movie. Yeah, that's that's a dead ringing right there. But I'm just saying, like... Are you fixing a bicycle right now? Negative. I was trying to figure out what that sound was. That is the sound of clinking glass bottles. Are you antagonizing the warriors? What are you doing over there? I don't... Warriors. Warriors. But yes, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. As, as sporadic and fucking crazy it was. It had like so... It had that same, not the, I wouldn't say the same production value. It put me in the mind of society a little bit with just the way it was like, you know what I mean? You hear I'm going with this? I guess if that's your only like exposure to gonzo type cinema. You're my only exposure to gonzo type cinema. So yeah, that's all I got to go off of. <laughs> well, yeah, one day we were sitting around. I'm like, he hasn't seen society. So we need to fix this right away. Yeah, then we what we what we do society, and then what what we follow that up with what sleepaway camp, sleepaway camp. Yeah, that was a double dose of. How's about this? What the fuck is going on? But I will say the twist ending from sleepaway camp was pretty good. I I'll give it. I mean, obviously I enjoyed the movie, but that twist was nice. If I, I think... if I never watch society again, it'll be. I'll be I'll live the rest of my life fully okay. You know it's weird. I could like go throw it on right now. I don't know why you want to, but I mean you do you. Like I'm, you know, more power to you. I just it's like one of those movies where 
kind of requiem for a dream where I'll watch it once and I will put it back on the shelf and that it'll remain there for the rest of its entirety. I would like to say society's, you know, more enjoyable than requiem for a dream. I'm not going from it, but you know, it's, I'm just comparing it to like one of those movies where like I could just do it once. Maybe if I was like introducing somebody like you did to me, so I'd reciprocate and be like, hey, you watch a lot of horror movies. How about this? You know, like I'd, I'd give it another run through there, but I wouldn't like voluntarily just be like, you know what? When's this right? Feels like a society kind of day. Let's throw that son of a bitch in. You know, you owe it to the kind people who made that feature film to pay that forward. Right. And like I said, I'm not. I'm not taking away from the fact that it's gonzo horror. Like, you know, you don't you don't see that anymore. Like, it's just off-the-wall, zany, absurd. That, that's what makes it enjoyable, is the fact that you're not going to ever witness or view anything of that nature ever again. Oh, you betcha. Is that your friend in the wood chipper? Oh, yeah. Betcha. <laughs> that's your friend in the wood chipper? <laughs> but yeah, Night Train of Terror. Uh, overall... Like, it got, what, like a 4-2 on the IM? I think that's fair. But it's all about, you know, it's, it's subjective. No, I could see that. It is. It does come off very lazy. Except, you know, them they shoot that preposterous fucking wraparound, and then they just cut down three movies, and then they just throw it in your lap, and you're supposed to be like, thanks! <laughs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it, but I didn't have the backstory that you did, so I just had to live with it in my brain for a while. <laughs> yeah, and see, I wouldn't have had the backstory had it been pre-digital, pre-internet era. Like, if we would have went into this movie like 1994, 95, I'd be like, what in the fuck is this? Right. You probably pulled that tape off from Blockbuster and you're like, this kind of sounds badass, like like Terror Train. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you get home and you're like, what? Did somebody spike my fucking high C? What's going on here? Yo, bro, did you spike my Kool-Aid? Squeeze it? Like, what, what are we doing here? Is this what you were talking about earlier when you said I didn't know you like to get wet? <laughs> <laughs> A timely training day joke. Mm-hmm. Detective Alonzo Harris. That's how fucking stimulating. By the way, I don't hate this movie, but I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna, you know, not be nice to it. That's how <laughs> stimulating this is that we keep talking like about Training Day and fucking... every other movie, but the movie that we're actually casting about. So yeah. what? Was the, what was up with the demonic killer stereo system thing? Like, because that was like my honestly my favorite part, <laughs> and I don't know why. Hang on, is this in the second segment? Yeah. Okay. When they mention the that cult or whatever that they're a part of, and you got the discount Lionel Richie sitting at the table, like I talking. said, I said Jimi Hendrix for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a better reference actually. Good job. Kudos to you. Points scored. Uh. Oh no, yeah, we can we can definitely kill that banana when we get to it but essentially this thing opens and it's a it's a glam rock music video apparently set on a train and what are they singing about uh i just i literally um couldn't tell you (laughs) you just got done watching i know so did you i know okay well uh every time you watch this it sinks further and further into your subconscious and i think this is where mass shootings start but the main impetus is like everybody's got something to do, everybody but you. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. And that's... then come on and dance with me, dance with me. Yep, that's the main chorus and verse. Yep. You go through all five stages of death when you listen to that song. It's like denial, <laughs> anger. What? Shit straight, shit straight in the boat. Okay, yeah, so this glam rock band is just fucking having a great time. It's like they basically they were shooting a uh, an aerobics video. Yeah. somebody played the most tepid fucking white boy rock you could ever think of in 1985 and they all started making a music video about it 
like for a minute there, for just a split minute, like I was like, is this Night Ranger? <laughs> oh man, Sister Christian would kick this thing up to 11. Or we can do um, Wang Chung, you know, whatever. Wang Chung, maybe Tangerine Dream. Well, we keep, yeah, we keep getting off on a tangent. Okay. So right. it goes goes from the glam rock band to fill it back in. Okay. Yeah, right. Straight in the boat. God and the devil are sitting in a dark cab. And the devil looks like a gangster. And God looks like the guy that Kevin McAllister was afraid of in the first home alone. <laughs> in the church. Yeah. Well when he thought he was the uh the, the shovel slayer thing. Yeah. His name's Roberts Blossom, but I I, I, I got to do that for people. <laughs> for some reason, it's funnier to say the old guy from Home Alone. Right. So, yeah. So, Robert's Blossom and a gangster are sitting there talking about what who's going to get what souls. And they, they tell a story? Uh, so, I don't know if they're telling this. I think they might be telling the story. They're watching the story like us watching a movie. Right, and I think it's like a third-party person that's narrating. I don't think it's either God nor the devil. But I think it's a, a some anonymous third-person voice narrating each segment. And I think that 17 eloquent seconds was more than this thing deserves because it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a potpourri of silliness is what it is. It's like It's like you cut up a picture and you... You start assembling it, and you, you're doing okay, and then you just say "fuck it" and just pour glue on it. Yeah, it's like a a Picasso painting that's gone terribly wrong. Yeah, even Picasso would be like, "This is busy." <laughs> the first story is called "The Case of Henry Billings," mm-hmm. and uh, apparently he's on his wedding night. We know that from the uh, the ADR. He's talking about how he was on his wedding night and he crashes his car. Apparently kills his wife and he ends up in an institution somehow Mm -hmm. where he is then hypnotized or into running off and grabbing these these beautiful young women and bringing them back to Frankenstein's castle so that he can sell their organs for money. Yeah, organ harvester. Yeah, that's a good lucrative business if you can find the right people. Yeah, black market Brian over here. You want to you want a toe? I get you a toe by three o'clock this afternoon with polish. Yeah, with polish. All right. Yeah. So that that just and if it sounds like we half-assed it, we didn't. They half-assed it when they chopped up a barely. I think this movie was eventually completed. It was called "Scream Your Head Off." I kind of like that title actually. So from the first vignette, is is like like they completed that movie. It was uncompleted. This is the only one that wasn't technically completed and released as its own movie. Okay. But I think it was later completed and called something else. I don't know. Either way, Bull from Night Court is running around. What is his actual name? I I can never remember. Richard Mall. Yep, yep. You know, just the next year, he would go to be in one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Which was... House. Yeah, I haven't seen House probably since I seen it when I was a child. I don't know why that movie is just. I don't think I ever went back and revisited it for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It just, it, it's fun. It's a fun '80s horror movie, but it's also like it's kind of kind of picks me up a bit. Like the stakes, the stakes aren't overwhelmingly intense it's just it's a fun little ride anyway we keep we keep digressing away from the source material night train to terror is it was it it is ah it was it is everything it continues (laughs) to be despite our protest so you watch this on tubi right i did indeed did they how they how much did they fuck you with those ads yeah i didn't care for them Cause like with a movie like that, you know, like it's just like the subtle. Oh, here's an ad. Here's an ad. It's like really like with this kind of movie, you just kind of have to watch it from start to finish. 
so absurd and all over the fucking place that when you throw a commercial or two in there, it's like, I'm fucked. I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> By the time they come back, even with the fuck's going on. I didn't even think about that. How even if you stream light, you watch it in one sitting, it still doesn't make fucking sense. But it's, they just they hack in a bunch of fucking regional commercials in there. It really gets wackadoo, yeah. Yeah, so he's just bringing these ladies home and for or back to the institute, and for no reason whatsoever, they strip them naked and bull from night court molests them a bit. And we're telling this all weird because. And at one point, a female doctor takes over the job from the male doctor. Yeah. And then he gets lobotomized and he's all zombie running. Oh, my God. This thing makes no sense. It's hard to, like, compartmentalize anything when it doesn't fucking make any sense. You can't compartmentalize insanity. It's just not. You got to hand it to it, though. It's never never really boring. It does drag a little bit in the third story, but it's never, like, boring. Well, no, because you can't, <laughs> can't... You can't be boring with a movie that's shot like this is. Like, is, there's no possible scenario, which I can think of, where, like, oh, this movie sucked, it was boring. Like, no, dude, they, yeah, it's all over the fucking place. <laughs> I saw that. It's impossible to be boring because it's so kinetic that you just can't drop a... If, if you drop a thread, you're just fucked. <laughs> yeah, they, basically. And then um, at some point he is no longer hypnotized? Uh, yeah, is that in the second act? No, this is... We're still in the first segment. See, that's what I mean. Like, I don't... <laughs> So, yeah, so he's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And I love that, like, they do voiceover and show random footage of a guy taking money out of a briefcase and putting it into a safe. <laughs> and then they do the voiceover, like, money for organs. That's the ticket. <laughs> and that's supposed to, like, heal the entire segment. You're like, I gotcha. It's orgus- organ harvesting. Yep, totally on level now. We got it. Yeah, that, that one edit helped this entire thing. No. No, no, he hacks off Bull's head, crude, but a pretty fun fun image there, and he lets the zombies out of the dorm, lets the ladies go, and and it's party time. Excellent, because that's the end of, I want to say story, but a story would, would seem to indicate a beginning, middle, and end instead of middle? <laughs> and middle... And beginning, and middle, again, and middle, beginning, <laughs> beginning, end. Beginning, end? Beginning. End. Back to wraparound town. God and the devil, they decide that he's got 100 years of purgatory, but he will eventually be allowed into heaven. Not the bad doctors, though, especially the rapey bull from Night Court. So do you think the whole God and Satan element enhanced it a little like not enhanced it but like you know what i mean like if if they were to take that away from and just do just these are free individual people's lives here you go well that's a good question i'll tell you what um i think that the idea of like trying to personify in human form like god and the devil on a train with glam rock glam rockers (laughs) I, i don't think i'm using that correctly it's a bunch of fucking aerobicitists or whatever the fuck you call them shooting a music video of the same song over and over again by the way we come back to our wraparound and i hope you like that song because here it fucking comes again <laughs> and i know i think god and the devil i think it's a, a nice little spice to the absurdist that this the absurdism on display here like it's so left field it's so endearingly charmingly fucking dumb you know what i mean right who had the uh, uh, aerobics videos in the 80s that were just, you know what I mean? Was it Farrah Fawcett? No. Was it? Who what? The aerobics videos in the 80s that just, you know, like you said, uh, that just that video just reminded me, of, like, I think it was Farrah Fawcett. I don't know. It was either Farrah Fawcett. I, I'm pretty sure it was Farrah Fawcett. What about um, Olivia Newton-John? Did she do Let's Get Physical? Yeah. 
Oh yeah. man, get out your machete. We're in the weeds again. All right. Um Righty, let's <laughs> we come back. He's like, okay, how about the story of Greta? Now this is the case for the case of Greta and Greta's last name. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite segment, by the way. The second one? Yeah, we forgot to rate the first one. What do you give the first one? Rating out of five. One out of five. <laughs> I love it. Thank <laughs> you so much. All right. Yeah, I'll give it so, a two. Two out of five because I feel I'm... I, I was actually going to go like a three. I was going to stand right in the middle, kind of. You know what? I like it. Yeah, we're going with one one out of five. segment. <laughs> but you can't... Like I said, it's it's so obscure... And all over the place, like even giving it a rating, you're kind of like, <laughs> how do you rate shit? <laughs> that is also art by consistency, aesthetics. And there's no, there's no, what's the word I'm looking for here? There's no legitimate like artistry going on here. This is, they literally ripped two pictures up, stapled them together, and then sold it again as a new picture. Right, yeah, they they copy and paste on a bunch of stuff here, and they definitely colored outside the lines. Oh yeah, it's anyway. like it's like if they throw you an adult coloring book, a bunch of unsharpened color pencils, and then said, and then say you got dosed by LSD as well. That's going to be an interesting time. Right, and they're like, and what we want you to do is paint me a Mona Lisa. Okay, yeah. Um. Night Train of Terror feels like not what's that? Not Mona Lisa. No. Like brain surgery with with a pipe wrench. Yeah, it feels like you got lobotomized with the soldering iron. <laughs> so the second one's about Greta. And that's this girl who was selling popcorn for a dollar a bag. Ah, uh, yeah, popcorn girl. Yeah, popcorn girl. Anyway, sorry. No, no, you're right. She is cute, though. Like, what if she gets picked up by a producer and she goes into porn? Good things. But that grill, though. I didn't notice her teeth until she's like, started talking a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized maybe they shouldn't give her a lot of dialogue because she's better <laughs> off. Well, that's what a light switch is for. So we hey. run into this thing where she just becomes like a porn star. Yeah. Yeah. And this is all, like, covered in, like, five minutes. It's like a deleted scene from Boogie Nights. Anyway, so yeah, she's and then she falls in love with this one guy. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes aware that she is somehow a member of an elite group of people called the Death Wish Club. Yes, that, that, that yep, the fucking club. And I gotta hand it to this, like, I kind of like this idea. Especially Russian roulette without a gun, you know what I mean? Was it with that fucking bug? Yeah, like all there's like three different pretty fucking great. This feels like like a like stretching before you get into saw. Some of the shit because it's it's basically yeah. The first game is they sit around a room with a with a very deadly claymation bug. Like if it stings you once, you're fucked. Yeah, dude's face explodes. We got that. Yep. Yeah, no, no, no. That's after it escapes out the window and finds a random guy who's not a part of the Death Wish Club. <laughs> so, you know, he didn't really wish for it. <laughs> but, you know, he got it. That's a mulligan right there where they're all like, well, I didn't really want to die tonight anyway. It's kind of like, you know, waking up to a finger in the asshole. You don't really ask for it or want it, but it happens sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you just got to accept it. <laughs> but, um... That's the first game. And then the second game, just to show you how fucking weird the cutting is. By the way, Death Wish Club is the name of this movie. Or Greta. Mm-hmm. They released the full movie on the Blu-ray, but I never watched it. Anyway, and all of a sudden, the lead gal, his girlfriend, her hair is short, and she's acting really fucking weird. And this is the, uh, basically, they, they're sitting in their own little electric chairs. Mm-hmm. And this weird generator thing is supposed to sh- is supposed to give a lethal dose of electricity to a random person, right? So it has it has three different levels. It has blue, 
right? Yep. Green. I just watched this fucking movie. I can't remember the colors. Blue. What's the second one? I have no idea. I don't even remember the colors. I think it was like blue. I want. We'll just say green for the sake of argument. But red's like the ultimate. I remember that's the one thing that that thing emphasized. This is the ultimate. Yeah. So it's like it's like pinging around, and we think it's gonna stop on one of the other bougie people, but it ends up shocking this this young African American gentleman. Discount Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Yep. Dollar store Andre Benjamin, and he proceeds to get violently electrocuted until he melts like all the way melts and that's what i love about like so i'm sitting here watch like i have to be still up and so it has like the look the kind of a you know gist of okay it's 1985 it's hour 13 like the information about the movie but the back picture is discount jimmy Hendrix getting shocked to shit until he's dead like a melting pile of goo that's funny Awesome. Yep, so that's that's death game number two. He's just going through this for some reason. We never quite figure out. And then, well, for the last game, him and her run away, so they have to send some people to track him down, and he kung fu fights them all. <laughs> More convincing badass than Steven Seagal, I must say, but they get captured anyway. It's time for death game number three. Might be my favorite. What was that again? Um... Wrecking Ball Slumber Party. Oh, yeah. They're all like laying in a circle. Yep. In, in sleeping bags. And they have this. Yeah. The Wrecking Ball, which is basically a big ass medicine ball type. Yeah. It's like over a thousand pounds and it's like swinging over them. Right. Yep. And then precariously being chipped away at by some kind of large toots cutting device. Yeah, so you never know who's it's going to land on. I'm so glad it landed on her, though. (laughs) For whatever reason, I don't know why, but I'm just, like, good. (laughs) Yeah, landed on the bougie gal. And you know what I love about this is that this is one of those without an ending. It kind of just ends. Yep. So that splats the one gal's face. And done. And over. And I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) Yellow. I like it though. I would. I, I. I should get around to watching the whole movie, but I bet it's just a bunch of boring shit. And then we got the good parts in this one. Mm. Um. So yeah, I give that one a four out of five. I don't know why. But see, the thing is, like, so that final shot of the ball coming down, like crushing her skull, it was a quick shot. Like it was like you barely got to see it. I know. I, I thought that this time too. I wanted more. Yeah, but that, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, out of all the rest of the gore that's been presented, they cut away from that one scene because it's too much. That's a good point. <laughs> I think they probably they probably ran out of money. Yeah, they probably snorted it. Like, <laughs> snorted. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> the two shiny oh, nickels. Right, had right, right, yep. <clears throat> Are you well, dying? Who me? Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretending to be the producers of the segment. Oh, you're it. pretending to snore. Yeah, and I'm not actually dying. I mean, I you're just, having a cardiac if, event. If I were actually dying, I doubt the last place I'd want to be is on a podcast with you. As much as I do respect you and care for you, no, no, no I'm with you. There's no, there's no singularly depressing than he died whilst recording a podcast about Night Train Terror. Couldn't even be a good podcast. Couldn't even be a good movie. But in its own macabre way, it'd be kind of like cool just because like, oh, we're talking about really bad horror movies, death and this and that, and he actually dies. <laughs> there's no production. There's no script. This is imminent death. And that thing's got unnecessarily deep. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I like I liked Greta. Yeah. Uh, you said what? Four and a half out of five on that one? No, I'm giving a simple four. Solid four? It's an ironic rating, though. Like, if I had to rate, like, you tell me quality, and it's a one. But if you tell me, like, how much were you entertained? I'm entertained four. So, I'll meet you in the middle and say, like, a solid three. Three and a half. Absolutely. God and the devil. Still talking. 
guess what, dude? You're going to hear that music again. In. Come on and dance with me, dance with me. You know, if I had a way to like simultaneously look up that song and play it in the background just so people would know. They know, dude. I'd say, I would say nine out of ten people who listen to this are like, I've seen this batshit movie. I need to hear other people talk about this. Right. So, I, not to go off the beaten path that is the train again. Oh, no, because it's been I, so, so. I'm thoroughly surprised by the content that Tubi has to offer. <laughs> right. You know, for a free subscription streaming service, like, there's a bunch of just off-the-wall zany shit. Yeah, Tubi's amazing. I, I'm i dreading them ruining it like they ruin everything else. Right, like, corporation, like, some kind of network or, like, Netflix, something like that's going to come in and be like, well, guess what? Yeah, somebody will fucking buy it. You're now going to pay for Tubi, and we're going to control the content of which Tubi provides. Fuck you. I like Tubi the way it is. Leave it alone. I will say this, though. If they, like, created a... Okay, it's free with ads. If they created, like, a $5, like, a $10 tier worth no ads, I would definitely do that. That would be fucking worth it. I fucking hate the ads. If they kept the content in place the way it is now, add no ads, yeah, I would totally buy into that shit. Yeah, see? Because, I mean, Shutter for the most part, what, five bucks for the sub? I think it's six. So, five, six... No ads, and it's got great content. Yeah, worth it. Right. Anyway, act. Yeah, we'll quit blowing certain streaming services. <laughs> We're gonna do what? Stop blowing certain streaming services. Oh, I thought you said something about doing blow. I'm like, well, I mean. I'm gonna do a rail real quick. A key. I, I just. I just I'm on my way over. I just heard the the phrase key rail, and it, I don't. For some reason, it made me really fucking happy. I don't know why. Well, yeah, it, yeah. I hadn't heard that until yesterday. I'm like, that's so fucking smart. Because then it's just like, because it goes in the ridge of the key, and then you're just, all right, let's do this. Maximum overdrive. Ah, uh, God bless Stephen King. You know he was like. Like powdering his face with coke on that movie. <laughs> yeah, he did that through most of the like mid to latter latter seventies, early eighties. Yeah, he doesn't even remember writing Cujo. Yeah, he was on a bunch of acid and coke at the same time. Could you imagine having his, his yeah his brain on fueled by acid and coke? No. <laughs> Those sound like really bad trips. I know that's why I'll never get into psycho or what the like, fuck. Psychedelic. Yeah, psychedelics is because like you really you really have to trust yourself. Well, you just have to have like a fortitude of mind. Like, you know what? Actually, this this is apropos of what we're talking about because Night Train of Terror feels like you started watching a normal movie, but then mm-hmm. you you didn't you forgot that you took a tab of acid or something, and then you're slowly like. Holy shit. <laughs> Which So the third one is crazy. <laughs> the third one is about a seemingly immortal Nazi who is the son of the devil. Yeah, see, so I interject, sorry. The no, you're good. I had trouble with, like, so, okay, thank you for clearing that up. So he's a Nazi, and I get kind of like, oh, he hasn't aged since da 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 World War II. He's got to be beyond, you know. So he's a Nazi who's a son of the devil. Okay. Thank you. That helps kind of clarify it as much as you can. I've actually seen the full version of this movie. And uh, this is better. <laughs> it's just like they... And you want to know how deadly dull that movie was? Like, even if you cut it down to less than 30 minutes it's still fucking boring <laughs> but they do throw in every now and then something off by a claymation devil right. so, so there's that it, what's with the claymation the stop motion claymation yeah dude like did you not like it 
it took me right out of the movie. The creature can be claymation, but when you start doing claymation people, I feel like I was watching Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that from MTV in the... No, in the latter 90s? Yeah, no, I don't remember that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good, I was just double-checking. Let's get it on! Let's get it out. Man, that takes me back. And then... If you, did you ever, as an adult, try to watch that again and realize how fucking stupid you were for watching stuff like that when you were... Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. But it's nostalgic to us now. Like, it's like watching anything from our... I know, but some things, like, age better than others. Like, Beavis and Butthead is still fucking hilarious because the humor works on two different levels. It's like... It's kind of like a harsh satire in societal, society and rock and roll influence and on the other hand, it's also really fucking stupid because look what Butthead, Butthead's doing now. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I just watched like a little snippet the other night. It was a uh, Beavis and Butthead. They're in a like a clothing department store, and Beavis is trying on leggings. And just the whole dialogue, but back and forth between them two was hilarious. Like his nads and schlong disappeared. <laughs> is this the new one? Yeah. What you can tell, Mike Judge's voice obviously has matured, like it's a lot gruffer sounding. But that's to be given. You know, I I wonder if they can have Mr. Anderson in the new one because then you'll just figure out that his voice is just Hank Hill. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. You <laughs> them boys have been whacking off my tool shed? Yeah. I don't know if anybody can tell, but we were we grew up in the nineties. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell that. Um, yeah, it's just the claymation kind of takes me out of it a bit. I don't mind it, though. I love it. I love all that chintzy, you know. Right, but I totally agree with you. Like, you can do, like, creature effects with the claymation stop motion shots. But, like, when you do humans, like, I, I absolutely agree with you, like, 100% there. Oh, hang on. Yeah, this this actually gives me a good chance to make a point. Most of that shit is added in. I think they kind of knew they had uh, kind of a movie that was like too dry, especially since the rest of the movie was so damn sleazy. So I think they shot all that shit. And yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, you're no. I was just saying it makes sense. But I was also going to say it's like so. I feel like they went into this production like we're going to make a really rad music video. <laughs> yeah. We're going to add some horror and gore that's just going to be all over the fucking place in there. Like, we're just going to shoot some shit. And soft horror porn. No. We're going to try and hit, like, try to, like, a three-pronged attack. You know what's wrong with the nudity in this? Is though that there is a lot. The nipples? No, I, I don't like 80s nipples. What I'm talking about is, like, the first one had, like, three or four sets, and the second one had one. And then the third one had none. And I'm like, you got to do it the other way around. Consistency? Yeah, that's all I'm asking for. Right. But yeah, it's like too much. You know that you're... Yeah, and then apparently there's this surgeon who I watched the whole movie, and although she barely talks in this segment, she can't act her way out of a fucking Midol commercial. She's supposed to be the emissary of heaven and kill this Nazi demon guy and... Yeah, I, th- that threw me off. Like, all of a sudden, like, oh, hey, you, you know, here you are. You're kind of an avenging angel, and what you're going to do is try and kill this fucker and not succeed. Yeah, she didn't. And I think that was, like, part of the conversation between Satan and God is, oh, she, you know, she didn't win, but God's like, well, she stayed true or whatever. And... I kind of like that, that there's still a little bit like, self-serious about that. <laughs> it's kind of nice to know what what happens to the immortal souls of the people from these stories we hear sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know, that sounds stupid as fuck, but... That's uh. yeah, alright. So, yeah, we wrap that one up. She tries to stop the devil, but... Fells miserably. Alright, straighten the boat. Alright, yeah, that's the end. And then we come back to our to our train. And um, they're still uh, singing the song. Those of yep. you keeping track at home, this is uh, our fourth 
uh, go around. And um, frankly, I'd rather remake the Deer Hunter shot for shot method method acting. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, you can't compare the Deer Hunter to this movie because just on the cast alone, it'd be hard not to. Like, if we had the cast of Deer Hunter making Night Train to Terror, totally different movie. No, no, no. You miss. You miss. You. Did I, did I miss something there? No, no. You meant you just. I think you misunderstood. I, I wasn't comparing this to. I was comparing the ordeal of listening to the song repeatedly. The ordeal uh, suffered by the characters in the motion picture, the deer hunter. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I gotcha. Sorry. No, you're. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're. Yep. Yeah. Which scene in Deer Hunter? The Russian let scene. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Or the overlong wedding. The, the, the sad fact that I had to explain this to you is just our friendship. Anyway. Oh, dude, that was a fucking dark ending there. Oh, Deer Hunter? Oh, yeah. I remember watching, like, watching those type of era movies with my father was just a completely different experience. Like, by myself, awesome, I'm like him. I was good. Watching him with that man, little different element. Yeah, because then he's like, uh, in real life, there would have been more blood. You're like, Dad. Yeah, like that scene in Full Metal Jacket when Private Pyle fucking smokes himself with that 7.62 round. He's like, that one went through the back of that wall. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I thought of the same thing, too, and I don't even know anything about that shit. <laughs> All right. Yes, the boat has been straightened. So they decide... That although the although the train that they're on is crashing, not that it matters because they're God and the devil. The music video dies, but mm-hmm. it's okay because God said the music video could go to heaven. So what we have is celestial night train that that seems to be going on forever. It's playing that same song. What I love about the ending scene, like when the train's supposedly gonna just go off and crash. Clearly a model. Oh, do you think? <laughs> I think it was like final set, circa 1956. I'm surprised you didn't see like a denim knee <laughs> thing next to it. Yeah, it crashes. I had the production money enough to get an actual steam-powered fucking train and drive it off the fucking canyon. Or even <laughs> stock footage. Stock footage? Yeah, can I buy footage of a fucking train? Taking a header off the canyon? Oh, no, just cut to explosion at that point. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, can I buy footage of a train just going down a train track? Yeah. Yeah, don't I, worry. Yeah, there's also, I've seen other horror movies where they use. I, I could see that, but with this movie, they'd be like, that's, no, that's out of the budget. Really? You know what? You're right. I take it back. I love that model train because that model train is this entire film experience. It shouldn't work, <laughs> but it does. But for what? It works. It's like when you do all the legwork wrong in a math problem, but somehow still get the right answer. Right. They're like, motherfucker, I don't know how you did this. Right. Like, you can make every wrong decision and you come out right. This is that movie. This is a personification of that movie. Yeah, and and I must stress this movie. If you grade this movie on pure, on a pure, purely cinema, cinematic level, like did it do well? Middle, beginning, end, acting, writing, otherwise, this movie is a one out of ten. It's cash grab. It is a bunch of home movies sliced together, and repackaged and given to you with a music video wrapped around it in a basement of a friend's house yeah. get, get, take, take you know a few half dozen edibles coked out of her mind whatever the case may be whatever choose your choose your drug and decide hey we're gonna make some vignettes we're gonna make some movies here you go it wouldn't surprise me if some guy sat down with like the footage from three movies and a music video and he went into a room and then he came out three days later with a beer and had no idea what happened. Because <laughs> it's objectively terrible. But it's a fascinating kind of terrible. 
the biggest sin that a film, by the way, if and when you ever decide to, to grace the halls of this institution with your presence again, we'll do an actually decent movie, I promise. So the halls, are you talking about your house? The podcast. Oh, the podcast. I mean, you're always welcome to the house. Well, as far as the podcast goes, like I'm down for every Sunday, man. All right, we'll put you through the ringer then. The ringer, dude. The whites. <laughs> How many times have you seen The Big Lebowski? Uh, not enough. Like, it's one of my all-time favorite films. Comedies. Comedies. I'd say it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Would you classify it up in the top ten? No, not at all. See, that's what I'm saying. My, my top ten all has to be horror. So, if we're going to go genre, you know comedy wise it's in my top 10 totally up there with blazing saddles airplane naked gun oh naked gun i haven't seen those films in quite some time young frankenstein classic so that's two mel brooks movies out of the list yeah the producers maybe but not Spaceballs. although i do like it a lot yeah i ran across nature terror on a public domain set which is like do you want to buy 16 horror movies for $8? And I said, yes, please, Best Buy. So I took <laughs> the motherfucker home. <laughs> and it, uh, just, yeah, it just slaps you across the face with the with the flaccid dick that is reality of how weird cinema can get, really. So, um, James, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. I'm sorry that it was for Night Train to Terror. No, I... I'm not like it's just one, one another movie in the long list of movies that you know he introduced me to that I had no idea I I had no idea this movie existed especially for the time that it came out in '85 I'm like you know I I consider myself pretty versed in '80s horror but this was this was not in the realm of '80s horror that I would expect. No, that's easy when it opened in like a theater. Mm-hmm. in Nashville for five minutes. But yeah, um, I'll do something a little bit better next time. Not a problem, man. Anything like, as far as next week goes, we'll put something together and it can be in the same vein or it can be a little more elevated. Oh yeah, I do have to, to briefly shame you for misunderstanding the difference between franchise and anthology. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, in my defense, I quickly caught on. I'm like, oh, yep. I see where you were coming from, because that's where I knew we were like, I think this motherfucker thinks... Because you kept, like, saying, well, how, why can't we cover, you know, this oh. part three? And I'm like, well, because it's not really an anthology, Jay. <laughs> right. And you're like, I love it. It's like, you want to come on my horror anthology podcast? And you're like, and I knew immediately we were in trouble because, like, fuck yeah, let's do Fright Night. And I'm like, that's not okay. That's a yeah, that's a standalone. But uh, I like it... your I like your enthusiasm. But hey, man, I was in it either way. You know, I did my best. I did my best. I'll cover. I'll I'll do Fright Night all day. I don't care. And like, if you were to send like, okay, motherfucker, here for the. For the layman, for the not so versed in anthology, trick or treat, son of a bitch. Oh, okay, gotcha. If you want to redo that one down the road, we can. We absolutely could. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but yeah. I don't know. I meant since I did it earlier in this podcast. <laughs> you can never watch that movie enough, as far as I'm concerned. Right, but I mean, that's kind of like in the season type of movie. Like, oh no, we got to get some Christmas anthologies. Um, speaking of, I don't know if it's going to be an anthology, but the new Christmas horror movie coming out, I think David Harbour plays Santa Claus. Violent Night. Violent Night. That's, that's what it is. We were just talking about it earlier. I'm like, I think, I'm pretty sure David Harbour plays old St. Nick. Yeah, that looks good. Absolutely. John uh, was almost the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The bad guy, finally. The bad guy. You 
You have yourself a good night, sir. You too as well. Uh, so this time next week, we'll put something together. Yes. We'll I, I like to promise ahead of time because I never know when what's going to be streaming. So, Right. So next year or next next year, next week, we can be like, Merry Christmas. Merry Xmas. It's, I want to do holidays or a Christmas horror story. I mean, we can cover both of those with the plethora of Christmas horror movies. Santa Slays. What have you? Black Christmas. You you use the word plethora quite a lot. I like the word. Dumb joke on the way out. Um, a woman approaches a young man at her husband's funeral. Mm-hmm. And says, uh, would you like to say any words? And he said, plethora. And she said, thank you. That means a lot. All right. You have a good night, bud. You too, buddy.